Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers journey through the wormhole with Quark, Dax, and their good friends, Tom and Harry. Join us as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Your hosts today for this journey are Armin Shimmerman, our beloved entrepreneur, Garrett thanks, Wong. Thanks. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> It's a, it's a nice way to put it, right? It's a very I nice love way it. Would you and say, I got top willing. He it was Quark and Dax. An entrepreneur. Yes. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I, and and a community, so it's and fun. A community, and community, community leader. leader. And dutiful, too, for that. Dutiful. And very dutiful. <laughs> We've also got Garrett Wong, our forever ensign, and myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil. Armin, welcome. So good to have thank you. you. Thank you. Thank here. you. Nice to be here. Yes. I'm in a different As, room, but thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. I know. It's exciting. You're. You've got mm. roofers there today. I've got roofers working oh on the main house. And oh, yeah. my God, they haven't gotten here yet, but I expect a lot of noise. So it, for those of you who do hear the noise, my apologies. Oh, there's a plane, by the way. We have to stop. There's a plane. No. Oh, <laughs> what's the estimate on that in terms of the roofers being done? How long? Uh, yeah. When we do the next one of these? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, they should be done. Actually, uh, because I have... Um, Solar panels. The solar yeah, panels right. go off today. Uh, and then the oh. roofer comes in the day after. So actually, uh, um, the, the roof and the solar panels will be done by Sunday. Or perhaps oh, that's Saturday. quick. That's but uh, the damage that the rain did, which is extensive, uh, yeah. that will take a number of days. Uh, and that's after the roofers leave. How does oh. Quark feel about all of this, spending all this money? Uh, he's not very happy. He's, yeah. not very happy. he's <laughs> hoping that they take gold press latinum, but uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Has any fan ever actually come up to you and presented you a gift of their- Latinum? Of oh, actually many times. A gold, a, but a, a real gold in case- Real you know gold or no? no, like no. A prop. I've, I've been shown it. They've shared it with me for a moment. Then they've taken it back. Um, <laughs> but I've gotten a lot of uh, wooden replicas, which of course mm. is what the original ones were yes. as well. Or 3D, 3D printed, 3D printed ones they probably as well. Do, probably, yeah, you know? probably. Yeah. 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 So uh, I do have a little collection of gold press latinum uh, yeah. wooden wow. ones in Try my to desk. pay the roofers with that. I will try. Yeah, I might try. what they do. They, if they're you into know, DS9, they might take it. They, 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 they you know, might, they might. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. I know this yeah. is totally off base. No, please. But Mark Twain uh, was around when they first invented checks, writing checks instead of giving money. Mm -hmm. And um, he would pay for everything with checks, not because he liked checks, but because he was so famous. He knew that people wouldn't cash the checks because they had the signature of Mark oh Twain on gosh. the check. And so he saved a lot of money that way. Oh, I wish I could do that. Gosh, he was a clever man in all ways. Clever. Smart. Wow. Wow. That's a great story. That's a great like story. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive right into our episode. We don't have any yeah. birthdays this week. No, oh, we do. About. We do. We do. We have one birthday. Wait, it may oh, not we do? be. Yes. Who? No, uh, it's Lolita Facho. Uh, <gasps> for those of you who don't know who, who Lolita is, Lolita was the writing assistant uh, for certainly Deep Space Nine, and I'm assuming for Voyager as well. Yes. And she had a secondary career uh, as our our uh, booker for our convention. So we're very happy to wish a very happy birthday to Lolita. Also happy on the birthday, QT, Lolita. She dated Max for a couple of years as well. So she's right. You didn't know what? that, Robbie? I did not know that. Robbie. While, while you were making the show? Uh, yeah, no. uh, yes, yes, yes. While we were making the show. Oh. And there's it's not a coincidence that yeah. the girl that Rom marries is called Lita. 
that's right wow oh that's clever i never even thought about that i never thought about that either well happy birthday to lolita happy birthday lo there you go yeah all right let's get into our episode Mm. this episode is the passenger It aired originally on February 22nd, 1993, Teleplay by Morgan Gendel, Gendel mm-hmm. uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf, and Michael Piller. Michael Piller. And in the credits for, for this teleplay, there are Writers Guild rules about the word and yes. or an ampersand. Yes. So how they get paid is based on the credit. Uh, it's it's listed here with Morgan Gendel. And the word and a n d yes a n d mm-hmm. Robert, Robert Hewitt Wolf. Wolf they were a team, and right. the other fifty percent of the script was Michael Pillar because there's an ampersand there. Got it. So basically, so, Gendel and Wolf split their fifty, so they're twenty five twenty five percent, and then yes. Pillar gets the other fifty. Correct. Bas- basically, basically yeah, that yeah. kind of version. But that's why if anybody ever looks at these credits and they go, well, why did they use the word and and then an ampersand? It's because mm-hmm. of writing credits and things like that yeah wga rules basically yes okay morgan gendel mm-hmm. uh had the story, story credit the original yeah. story and paul lynch directed this he's paul, back paul was Paul's directing back. up Paul's a back. storm mm-hmm. do, do, is that how you remember it that paul was i like do remember your... paul being there quite a bit um but like i i've said in in past yeah. episodes uh then they would disappear in fact i i saw one of our uh regular rep uh, regular directors jim conway and yeah. um and i thought he disappeared but he said no he, he was there in the final season as well so um yeah. perhaps i'm wrong but i think with paul certainly after a while he just disappeared what were your and, memories of paul i'm just curious like how would do you have always reading the newspaper well oh. everybody was working around him he was what? sitting in his chair either reading a, a newspaper or a magazine and and really not caring what everybody was doing that's fine because he trusted everybody <laughs> to do their work uh, and he wasn't sticking his fingers into things. And that was lovely. But this was true of a lot of directors. I don't remember him giving a lot of direction. Perhaps he did, but huh. but, but certainly not to me. Not that I remember. But again, right. it was many years ago. I mentioned this before, Armin, but Paul Lynch directed the episode of The Twilight Zone that I got my SAG card in, 1983. Ah, yeah. His first so job. very fond of him. Yes. And Paul did direct me in that episode because at the time I was going to drama school. And I had this very affected drama school accent. Oh no! And middle I was Atlantic, supposed to be middle Atlantic. Yes. <laughs> and I was supposed to be playing like a valley kid, you know, like a teenager, nineteen eighty three. Justine Bateman, who was a big star at the time, Family Ties had just launched. She was, it was a big hit. Justine Bateman was playing a girl in the sixteen hundreds, like a pilgrim. And we had telepathy in this episode. So Justine, if you remember her from Family Ties, she was like a valley girl. And I came in from drama school and Paul Lynch, is this just a comment on, on, he doesn't give direction. He gave me direction. He's like, (laughs) what's with the Juilliard accent? Like drop the Juilliard accent. You're just a regular guy. <laughs> I've got Justine Bateman over there sounding like a valley girl, and you should be in the 1600s. This is why casting is so important. Yes. <laughs> did you know Renee taught at Juilliard? No, I what? did not know that. Yeah, he taught Mask. When Robbie was there, maybe? Whoa. No, no. No, because no, Mask so. was my favorite class. I, it's funny you, you say remembered. this. Uh, Pierre Lefebvre was our Mask teacher. He was a French 
uh, Commedia dell'arte. He was a he was an incredible mass teacher, and mm. Pierre was my teacher. Uh, Renee was not there, but it was my favorite class. The thing wow. I loved about mask, and you can maybe relate because of prosthetics, there is a safety behind right. this mask. When I put on a neutral mask or I put on a character mask or whatever, I didn't have to do the work. Yeah, I didn't have to do the this presentational work because the mask prevented it... me from doing that. So right. I had to put it in my body in other ways. I had to put it in my voice once we got to dialogue and speaking but a lot of mask work was just silent it was mm -hmm. just behavior and just kind of getting that feeling that experience of the circumstances feeling that and not trying to show it with your expression in some way it was great yeah. it was a great class i wish i had taken it I, I i certainly got it uh while i was at work but yeah i wish i had taken mask class it would have been great oh. fun yeah, and would have saved me a lot of surus. That's old English world. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of surus um, uh, in the first season of Deep Space Nine as I was trying to figure out what to do with the mask and realize just what you just said. You don't have to do anything with the mask. The mask does all the work. The mask does the work. Yeah, yeah. I think probably the greatest hindrance or 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 speed bump for any Ferengi is dealing with navigating the teeth while speaking yeah. that's probably the main thing right i mean that's yeah I, I can hear it in this episode in the passenger I, I can hear me navigating the teeth i must have gotten over that fairly quickly but mm -hmm. i but and sometimes when you'll see quark sort of purse his lips like that yes that's to keep the teeth in that's, oh wow slipping. they were slipping oh and my were slipping god and i do that to keep the teeth in did they put like any it, kind of denture yeah, glue I did. yeah yeah fix it in fix it it was fix it in that yeah. put it on. okay yeah. Right. Wow. All right. Well, Robin, let's do our poetry do synopsis. Poetry. So this episode, The Passenger, I have a limerick. Um, it is the quality of limerick that you have all grown accustomed to. Mm -hmm. Very mediocre. Here we go. <laughs> Can I just start with my even more mediocre haiku, please? Please <laughs> so do. Yeah, okay. The longer I don't have to do my limerick. We're never going to get to this episode. My, you realize that. Get there. my haiku for the passenger. I promise, Armin, we'll okay. get there. My haiku for the passenger. Vantica has died. Or has he? Attacks begin. Bashir was the host. Nice. No, you, that's horrible. You did a little thing in your haiku that's kind of like my limerick. You'll see. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Okay. Or go. has he? You say right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, or has he? Yes. Here's my limerick. Let's hear yours. A bad guy named Vantica is dead. Not really. He just went inside Bashir instead. Cork makes a really shady deal. The Duridium they'll steal. What's left of Vantica gets beamed out of Bashir's head. Wow. That's really good. I like uh, it. Very it's, tight. It's my typical quality. I, I try. <laughs> I, I try. Let's, I let's hear from enough. a very intelligent. Ah, yes. Person. So I will give you the definition of the word passenger. Thank, of, thank which you. Which is thank the title you. of. So uh, from the OED, which is the Oxford English Dictionary, mm -hmm. uh, a sojourner, a passenger on a ship. Now, in late Middle English, it wasn't passenger. It was passenger. Um, passenger. A passenger. Uh, and the N was phonetically inserted before G-E-R, not only for passenger, passenger, but for harbinger, messenger, scavenger. Be before there was no N, then when the, when the language shifted, 
Uh, we put an N before the G-E-R. So it was scavenger, scavenger without an N before yeah. originally. Habiger, yeah. And and then and then it, the, for whatever reason, probably a dialect thing, somebody put an N in, and that became the the way we spoke it. For all those oh, wow i like the original way passenger is passenger. cooler sounding to me than passenger i think you're wasting you're spending more time on the word with the n passenger. in there just say passenger i'm a passenger on this plane i'm a passenger on this ship i like passenger okay it's yours it's yours. thank I, you i love you have the oed because that also reminds me of my drama school because we <laughs> we turn to that particular dictionary oh my goodness for shakespeare uh, text it analysis. is essential for shakespeare yes, yes it is it's the a, oed it's a, the oed goes it it does the etymology of the word mm. as far back as as is known as, they, really. as, as is recorded as is known. i love yes it. and cool. and words really evolve and change over time yeah sometimes yeah. quite dramatically so yeah can i mention our guest stars we have please do caitlin brown but interesting enough no no Julie well, Caitlin Julie Brown. Caitlin Brown. Yes, but she's credited as Caitlin Brown. Caitlin but now Brown. when you talk it's to her, Julie. she's Julie. She's JCB. And she is one of the people who was an actor at first and now still acts, but really is has become a convention uh, manager of talent. Oh, like Lolita. Yeah. Like Lolita. But, well, Lolita didn't act beforehand, right? But Aaron oh, Gray, right. like Aaron Gray from uh, Battles, original... Um, Buck Rogers. She used to be on there as, seri as a series regular, and then she has this huge company uh, basically managing talent across the board and, for wow. conventions. And Julie is my neighbor. Not my and Julie's your neighbor. neighbor? Yeah, not my immediate neighbor, but only lives about two blocks away. Oh my wow. gosh. I didn't know. I would, okay. Well, tell there her that go. we, I thought she was fantastic. Yes, yes. And I, good. Armin, I've known JCB, I've known Julie forever. And I've always known that she did an episode of Deep Space Nine, but I've never seen it until oh, this viewing. Great. And when she came on screen, I said, now I finally get to see her act. And she yeah. really She's did a good job. Good. And, and I may be wrong, but I think she actually did two episodes of Deep Space Nine. But great. we all know she oh. did many, many episodes of Babylon 5. Yeah. She was uh, Entoth, I think is the name of the character mm -hmm. that yeah. she played on Babylon 5. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, James Lashley, we have Christopher Collins and James Harper. I've known James for a long time. Also a Juilliard, I believe. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about James, James get very good billing uh, in the show, considering I, I think his only physical moment is a is brief as a hand coming up, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and I thought, Really, they gave him guest star for that. Um, that's quite nice, Jim. You have a very good agent. You have a very good agent. You do see his face, though. You see his face. You do he say, says, yeah, and in the morgue, when he's in the morgue, too. Well, he right? says, that's keep true. me alive, and then he dies. Right. Or appears to be dead. And then we see him in the morgue. In again. the morgue. So he worked a few days. He did. Two, three days, maybe. He did. But yes, a good agent for that. <laughs> for sure. We're starting our episode on the runabout Rio Grande. Kira and Bashir are there. Uh, Bashir basically is very pleased with his gift of being a super talented healer. Um, he brags about how he just has a special gift. Must be just a gift that he's got for healing and being a doctor. We'll find and, out more about that gift in the years to come. Yeah, oh, good. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there a real gift? Is that? Oh, yeah. I, I just the, read oh, it a real gift. comedic scene. It is oh, comedic here. Um, and, but later on, I'm not going to give anything away here. Uh, yeah. But, don't spoil but, it. Uh, yes, we'll find out more about that. Oh, it, it interesting. It does manifest in the future. Okay. 
Good yeah, because know. I just read know. this as as a comedic oh, moment where where he's and I'm just, quite sure at this moment in time that's all it was meant that's to all be. It was. Oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. Yeah, Kira's very sarcastic when she says, "Oh, it's, it's such a privilege to be in your presence." I loved her reading on that line. Yeah, they get a distress call from a Kobliad transport uh, ship called Rayab or Riab, and it's losing life support. They need help. There's a big emergency. And then we cut over to this Kobliad transport ship mm -hmm. and Kieran Bashir beam aboard. And <laughs> I should say they beam aboard in all yeah. the smoke and they start yelling at each other. Their first lines, they're screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no noise here. <laughs> Why are you yelling? You're two inches apart. Maybe they had no chemistry at this point. Maybe that's why. They, maybe they didn't like each other. No, that's not it, Robbie. That's funny yeah. though. Maybe Paul Lynch was going a little deaf and he needed to hear better <laughs> and yeah, exactly. into no, Video Village. But for me, also this Robbie, this kind of harkens to when I talk about Voyager being on the bridge in the very first season, not knowing yeah. my volume. Like we're like we're in the midst of a of firefight yeah. or something am i yelling the stuff back to janeway i didn't know and i think they were also in that same kind of a tense drama situation it and was they tense there's smoke right there's smoke and paul paul may have said to them like this is urgent emergency lots of energy right. and they may have imagined that they were going to put in a lot noises. of sound exactly yes. maybe paul said to them there's going to be sound effects so in you have post. to be louder yeah. in post and then they never got around to then they it. never they did it in. yeah so, so they're just standing I, two inches apart screaming yeah. I wish mean, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Kira goes off to, to see what's up, and then Bashir sees a woman lying on the floor. Julie Caitlin Brown. A very tall woman, woman, by the oh, way. A very, very yeah, tall woman. Yeah, she She's, seems very tall. Is she taller than Terry, Terry? Farrell? Uh, I think it's about comparable. Uh, uh, probably I, identical, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Terry's like six feet, right? Yes. And so is JCB. Wow. She's, I yeah. thought JCB might be six foot, foot one, possibly, but okay. Well, he finds this very tall JCB on the ground. <laughs> and unconscious. Unconscious. Yes. And then he, she's kind of delirious a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And, and, and then he groggy. scans. And he, yeah, he, she's groggy. He scans and he, he detects another life sign behind this locked door. Mm hmm. And she says, no, don't go in there. Don't, don't, don't open the door. But he's, you know, he's a super doctor, as we've just heard in the previous scene. He's got special gifts. So no, he's like a puppy. He just, he's just, he doesn't know. He's just yeah. going to explore. There you go. He opens it anyway. He goes mm. to help. There's a man on the floor yeah. in there. We don't yeah. know who these people are yet. Forgive me. Not a man, a male. A male. A man, a man yes. is a human. That's true. Okay. Yes. A male alien played male by James alien. Harper with a wonderful agent. That's <laughs> exactly. who we find on exactly. the floor. Yes. <laughs> and he went through four years of Juilliard to lay on the floor. To lay on the ground. <laughs> I'm looking at the script right now. He has one line. He does. Make me live. Yes. That's it. And then it says he dies. See, that's why he stretched it out. I felt like he was like, he was like, make. Yeah. Me, like he wanted to stretch out line. and milk that line for as long as he could. God bless Juilliard training. Yes. <laughs> so Bashir's down on his knees, yeah, and he grabs him by the throat. Yeah, grabs him, you know, right like violently grabbed him, it violently, was like, like yeah. choking him almost mm -hmm. and holding yeah. him. And he leans up, make me live. 
but then he falls back and dies. And the whole time, JCB is stressed out. She's like, no, no, don't touch him. Don't go to anywhere near him. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure he's dead. She's like, no, he's not. He's not. So she's really, really freaked out. So now yeah. we're thinking, what is up with this guy? Is is he some type of demon? We don't we don't have we have no idea. Yeah. Alien demon. He he or does he reincarnate somehow? You know, we have yeah. no idea. Well, there's the credits next, and then we come to the infirmary after the credits. Kajada wakes up. She says that her name is Ty Kajada. She's a security officer uh, on this ship, and she starts panicking about the prisoner. And Bashir's like, he is dead. He's yeah. dead. She wants to see the body. And he's like, well, you know, you need a little rest. And she's like, now! She's, only, <laughs> she's, she's very panicking. Yeah. Paul Lynch opened the scene with... Bashir sort of standing in this portal almost mm -hmm. doing some stuff. And the camera sort of revealed Kajada in the background through this portal. I thought it was a very pretty shot. You like that shot? Is, yeah. I hadn't seen the set photographed like from that, that angle before. And it was very pretty. Yeah. Yes. Cool shot on Bashir to mm -hmm. open the thing. We go to the stasis room, the morgue, basically, right? That's the stasis room. They're examining the body. Um, Kajada's really paranoid that he's not dead. She does tell us that he's an evil, a brilliant but evil scientist who has killed lots of people to prolong his own life. She he's the yeah, he's the Kobliad Doctor Evil essentially. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I I kept feeling like this is a vampire story a little bit. Yeah, like she, kind of. She In grabs this knife that looks like a stake through the heart. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even make that connection. Robbie, I because I was so like shocked that JCB stabbed the, the the corpse that I didn't even think about the vampire uh, uh, analogy or parallel. Wow! And you have the script there in front of you. Is that in the script or did she come up with that? I don't oh, have the original script. Yeah. I have a transcript <laughs> from the uh, you know just the lines from, from, a from fan from probably is yeah. what it's from. It's just so it's just written down all the lines, but it doesn't have the actual. Um, it's like cliff notes, directions and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I, I immediately started thinking because she's talking about he's not dead it's he's kind of undead i started getting vampire vibes from this whole thing and then when the stake goes through the heart i was like this is a total vampire God, story i didn't even yeah. i didn't get that robbie wow good armin did you get that no no nope. but this is pre-buffy for me so yeah i didn't get any <laughs> vampire stories yeah if you had been doing buffy <laughs> what? every no, yeah, i would immediately would... gone there i would have what year was buff what, what year was buffy again i'm just curious uh, i started in the fourth year of uh of, of ds9 wow yeah, you're and you are beloved in that role too. But I am beloved, beloved and dutiful, and, and you're, dutiful. You're always dutiful. I'm always dutiful. Yeah, I, I'm not, actually not beloved on Buffy. I'm rather despised on Buffy. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Sorry. As a character, or as a human being, I hope as a character. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but you've signed autographs of photos from that show too, haven't you? Oh my God! Yes. yes. So, yes okay. Sure. So, so you, you have fans. You are Buffy beloved fans, with fans. With beloved, hated by the characters. Yeah. yeah. There okay. you go. Okay. Yeah. So Kajada tells Bashir that you know this guy is a horrible, evil man, killed lots of people. She stabs him like a vampire, and then tells Bashir, "You've got to scan this the uh, her ship for residual anomalous life forms." Like, I guess his spirit or his energy could have, you know, she thinks yeah. maybe, maybe jumped out, you know, as he was dying or something. So he's, he's found a way to cheat death many times before and she's paranoid about it. Yeah. We go to Quark's next. I loved this flirty scene with Quark. Uh, Quark is flirting with Dax. 
I had. I, I don't think you had flirted with her before that I can recall. I think I had actually. Oh, you uh, did, but, but not to this extent. I, yeah. I, I think uh, certainly. I in the last episode that we worked on, you and I and uh, all of us. You together, invited her in. I invited her in, and there was yeah. a flirtation there. Yeah, there, there was, was always there was. a sense for me that Quark was always flirting with Dex, and they become you know poker buddies a little bit later on. They play okay. cards together. So. No. Oh. oh, I like oh. cards. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the flirting I thought was very, very, uh, very funny. And what is an iced Ractagino? <laughs> iced Ractagino. <laughs> Ractagino is sort of like a coffee. Yeah, like okay. cappuccino. Like a cappuccino. Yeah. And uh, and I certainly I think it was coffee. That was what yeah. was in the glass. Yeah. And then we just iced it. You know. But iced is there supposed to be liquor in there too? Or no? Probably. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's like probably. an Irish Irish cappuccino. Yeah, Bailey's Irish. Something. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I'm going to order that next time I go to Starbucks. I'm going to order a Ractagino. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to look at you like, no, I'm sorry, sir. Give them a big tip we- when they give it to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they're going to say, sir, I also love Deep Space Nine, but we don't yeah. have Ractagino here. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. Um, I have a question. In this scene, uh, Armin, you actually... You hear the pronunciation of Jadzia as Jadzia. Like that is almost a different pronunciation. Was that teeth related or was that, am I just having hearing problems maybe? If it was there and I don't remember, it certainly was teeth. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I would think it was teeth. God, that must be yeah, so Yeah, because I heard, I, I could hear you struggling with the teeth in this episode more than I'd heard in any of the previous episodes. Yeah. I, it I mean, reminded I, me of Ethan Phillips on our show because Ethan had he had to deal with teeth too, but not to the extent to... that you guys had. You guys had way more, you know, yeah. edges and and uh, per, things protruding out in in different directions. And all of your teeth were different, right? Your teeth, Nog's teeth—they were all going everywhere in different directions, and everyone had issues. Were they sharp? Did it ever like kind of pinch you or cut you? The teeth were sharp, absolutely. And I did cut myself every now and then, but I learned to not do that. The the real problematic teeth, I think were Ron's, were Max's. Mm. Not so much for him, but he had to kiss Chase, who played Lolita all the time. I always felt, oh my God, that must be sticking into her lips. Uh, um, So yeah, they they were problematic. And perhaps the teeth got better for Ethan Phillips because Michael realized this was a problem on the Ferengi and he wasn't going to have that with Ethan's character. That makes sense. So with the three of you, do you think all of you... uh, you, Max, and also uh, Aaron. Aaron, did you feel that after time that you found the, the shortcuts of how to deal with it and it was natural? It, yeah, you, yeah. I, and I think I mentioned before that I wore Fixident, um, and I think that came later. I think I realized Fixident was the was the solution, okay. and I started to put Fixident on the teeth so that they wouldn't slip out. Okay, so there were scenes that happened when you were talking, where, where any of you were talking and your teeth flew out. Did that happen? No, no, that's oh, very nice okay. to, in the uh, Garrett, but it didn't. It didn't happen like that. Okay. They just that slip. Happened. They they would just come down. They would slip. They'd that happened to Ethan. He, yeah, his Ethan, teeth would fly he would, they'd out. Fly out when he was talking. If he got really animated, yeah. Well, they, well they, Ethan they likes fly. to talk, so it, it yes. may be. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, but I'm, you're, I'm a tiny bit quieter. Yes. Than, than Here's Ethan. one thing I noticed. So. Quark and Odo are arguing. Odo's like, you don't stand a chance. There's no way. And Mm. Quark is like, you know, uh, yes, I do. She's clearly infatuated with me. And there's a POV shot where we see um, Dax and behind them is a table with some people gambling. Did you notice one of the background players there looked like Captain Kirk from the original series, had the same (laughs) color shirt, 
had the hair kind of bouffant. Oh. I don't know if that was intentional or just accidental that some background uh, person looked like Kirk. I didn't notice that. Um, it, I will have to take another look at that uh, next time I look uh, at this episode. Yeah, it looks like uh, old school Kirk behind Dax in that POV shot to me. I, I didn't know if that was intentional or just accidental, but I it, it caught my attention. I was. It like, may have been cool. intentional. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It may have been. Wow. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even think about that, too. Good yeah. one, Robbie. They continue to argue a bit. Odo does mention this deridium shipment because Quark's talking about, you know, Mm-hmm. It's good to want things. It's good to desire things. And another another yeah. example of of aliens talking about human uh, qualities. And mm-hmm. and uh, yes, yes, it's specifically about Odo, who doesn't seem to want anything. But but it's also about humans, and and that's the lovely thing about all Star Trek, is is that you can use aliens to talk about human values. Mm-hmm. True. And we talked about this before in a previous episode where Odo has a great speech about he doesn't understand this human effort to constantly acquire things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got his bucket. That's all he needs. But in this conversation, Odo does mention this deridium shipment and Quark yeah. plays innocent. He's like, what? A deridium shipment? I didn't know there's a deridium shipment coming. Mm-hmm. And Odo's very suspicious. He says he's watching him. But I could see in that scene a bit of what Odo was seeing, like Quark suspicious. Yeah, I gave away too much. I'm, I'm really upset with myself. I, I, I gave really? away too much. Yes, I, I no. had to learn to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gave away okay. too much. Okay. Uh, it should have been a, a, a little bit more subtle. Um, and uh, it's great for the character, absolutely, but it's bad acting. I was fine with your performance there. I know yeah, you were too. very critical of yourself right now. And I'm going to say that it was effective and, it, and it, you forward, you, uh, made the story think, move forward. Okay, so I think it was I'm good to know that. that there should be some suspicion on Quark at this point. I, I yeah. don't think that's a bad thing. So yeah. if you showed yeah. your hand I, I a little think bit at this point in time, uh, thank you for all the compliments. Thank you yeah. very much. But at this point in time, I think we should the audience should assume that Quark is going to be nefarious, that he's going yeah. to be sneaky. So I don't have to remind them. So that's yeah, why that's God, I think okay. it's a little too much. Okay, gotcha. That makes Less sense. Is more. Less is more. Less yeah. is more. Um, mm-hmm. When Odo mentions this deridium shipment, though, deridium. we cut over to this. <laughs> deuterium, sorry, guys. <laughs> deuterium, right? Yes, deuterium. Deuterium yes. is I what we need. Jadzia, Jadzia. Yeah, we need deuterium on Voyager. They need deridium on DS9. Yes, yes. thank you. But when he mentions, Odo mentions this deridium, we cut over to this Starfleet guy who we've never seen before, whose head turns. Mm-hmm. He's very, very, um, you know, blonde. aware of, yeah, very blonde. And I will say, and I'm probably going to mention this a lot, this actor, fine actor, I don't have any problem with his acting, but he had like an old school cowboy accent. He sounded like <laughs> Roy Rogers or somebody and every time he was chiming in yeah. in this episode, in the middle of everyone else speaking in this kind of neutral speech or a slightly classical kind of bent. Yes. And then he'd come in with his lines of <laughs> interesting technique. Do you always get ready for an important operation by leaking word about it to the local black market? Come on, partners. It just felt <laughs> And it was not, I don't think, I think he was, a, he was just being okay. himself. <laughs> All right. But casting wise, I was like, okay. this is, it just, 
it pops out at me. I just want to say one thing, and I want to say that that guy, um, you made the reference, you made the comment, Robbie, about how in that one shot you could see the guy gambling in the background that looked like original Kirk. Kirk, right? Okay. Now, interesting enough, this guy comes in, this character, Lieutenant George Primmon, and Mm -hmm. Kirk's father is George. Kirk. So it was sort of like, wait a minute, this is oh, kind of a, a lot of we, there's old... another parallel. Yeah, like this guy looks like he could have been Kirk's father. Yeah. Okay. Because the way they played him in the movie or recently with the one that JJ Abrams did was a blonde father, basically, mm-hmm. of Captain Kirk. And here he and he was Lieutenant George Kirk, from what was, I recall. The yeah. question is, was Captain Kirk's father a cowboy? Yes, I think if he, he was. was a cowboy, then this is him. This is him. There you I'm go. gonna call him Primin. AKA Roy Rogers from now on. Roy <laughs> Rogers Primmon. Okay. It, I, I literally okay. laughed out loud sometimes when his accent popped out. Yeah. I was it's like, true. wow. Anyway, Primmon runs out to the promenade. Yeah. He introduces himself to Odo in a little mm-hmm. walk and talk. He says he's from Starfleet. He is security. He says uh, he's traveled three weeks to get here and he really mm-hmm. wants to talk to Odo. Yeah. And but but he, we did we didn't talk about this, but in the bar before they leave, he, yeah. he kind of offends him in a way, you know. Yeah. Uh Primmon does to Odo, yeah. where he tries to says, Well, what are you doing? And Odo's like, Don't talk to me about how I run my business. And that's when they run out. Sorry. Yeah. Like, no, 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 you're right. And then yeah. it even gets escalated a little more because Primmon, mm-hmm. aka Roy Rogers, cuts Odo off. He literally they're walking. <laughs> And he kind of puts his hand up and stops Odo. Oh, which don't touch Odo. Mm-mm. I was like, whoa, no, dude. No. You need to back no. off, Roy Rogers. Remove that hand, Roy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, they don't, they, <laughs> clearly they're not getting along here. No, they could have played those stakes even higher, I think. You know, it would have been. How more. did uh, Armin, how did Renee, like, do you remember he, in this episode, I see Odo's ego a lot? He's right. He's That's right. A lo- yeah. Did, was that something that that you ever talked to to Renee about? Like Odo's ego is probably not the right word. Well, exactly. we we talked a lot about Renee's ego behind his back, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, yes. no, Renee had a a very good sense of himself, which he deserved, which he mm-hmm. deserved, which mm-hmm. he deserved. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the writers had noticed that uh, even early on, and and they wanted to play with it. God bless them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they leaned but, into but, it in this episode. And, and as we said before, he has no possessions. The only thing he Odo is really concerned about is is law and orders keeping is keeping uh, peace on the station, yeah. and 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 that means everything to him. So so anyone anywhere trespassing on that. Is, is going to ruffle his feathers. Mm-hmm. I have a question, Armin. Why did why was the makeup on Renee the way it was? Because as a shapeshifter, if he can replicate a painting, a chair perfectly, why can't he replicate a, a perfect human or Bajoran or Ferengi face? Why or, or a Renee Auberginois face? Yes. Why couldn't he have yeah. just gone in his regular face? Why there was a reason, and I'm sorry to say I. I've totally forgotten what it is, but I do oh. remember they do they did discuss that somewhere. Whether it was on camera or off camera, I don't mm-hmm. remember. But there mm-hmm. is a reason. And by the the way, uh, it's aubergineois, 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 aubergineois. Right? Okay. What did I say? Aubergineois. Aubergineois. We go to ops next. The team's discussing Vantica's death. The the data that Kajada has provided them seems to show that it's it's his body. 
he didn't fake his death. It's his yeah. fingerprints, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we also learned in the scene that they need deridium. These this species, these aliens need deridium desperately to survive, and it's very right. scarce to live. And yes, to live to to survive, they need this deridium. I keep wanting to say deuterium as well, Gary. Yes, and every time you say her name, Julie K- Caitlin Brown's character's name, all, Yeah, all I can hear is horchata. The rice, the Mexican rice drink. So I can't, yes. I, I cannot get that out of my head. Every time you say cajada, I see, I hear horchata. 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 I don't Maybe that's that. where they got the name from. Maybe they did. Michael Piller was sipping horchata and he's like, exactly. oh, cajada. And that's how it happened. I have a question for Robbie. I love the way Paul Lynch shot this around the table. All the characters were around the circular uh table for one of a better term yeah uh, and i know i've never done it myself but i know that that's difficult to do tell us why robbie why it's yes. difficult to shoot around a table it's, it's a round the, table yeah the reason that it's hard one of the main reasons is screen direction is very important in editing um editing the close-ups and editing the looks between characters that when you cut from someone who's looking to one side of the camera you right cut to left, to the, left the to other right. person and they should be looking. Yeah. If one person's looking right to left, the other mm-hmm. should be looking left to right. Left to right. Yeah. Or it's going to feel like they're not looking at each other. Yeah. They're both happens, looking to the wrong way. Or something. Yeah. What happens in a round table is now you've got to shoot a million different eye lines to get, depending on how the dialogue lays out. Oh, God. You know, think about Avery yeah. might be looking to camera right for one person, but oh, then he gosh. needs to look camera left to the, to the next line. And so now he's got two close-ups, but maybe he's got to look across the table. Now he's got a third close-up for the proper. So it, it's a headache. A lot of, it sounds like a headache. Yeah, there's a big volume. But I, I loved. Violent. I thought Paul got it perfectly. I thought that uh, mm. that it, it looked absolutely flawless, and yeah. I was yeah. very impressed with that. Yeah, he didn't did overcover. Good. I noticed that as well because uh, at one point Kajada turned and looked at someone, and it was a little profily on her. But I thought uh, that. It was just one line that she had in that direction. He didn't need to go shoot that side mm. uh, just for that one line. So okay. yeah, he was, yeah, he he did great. It but, was, it was very well done. Is this the scene where Roy Rogers is standing up? He's the only one that doesn't no, have a seat. No, this is, is that another he, scene. This is yeah. when he, yeah, he walks in. Yeah, it's later. This is when he's the only one that doesn't have a seat. This is when he walks in to meet with Cisco for the first time. Right. And Cisco's called him over to his office for a meeting. At so the end of this scene, at the end yeah, of the scene, the he comes in the very end. all I mean, around the table, but, but Primmon's not there up. yet. Primmon's not there at all though. Oh, he's that's not, right. Yeah. This, this is, is the scene where he appears off camera, right? He comes, yes. he walks into scene at the end of the scene going like, and then Cisco's, Oh, I wanted to talk to you about this and let's go into my office. And then they go into Cisco's office and it's Cisco the, and Primmon. I was going to say something about that. Yeah. So, they had shot this screen direction in one direction. Mm-hmm. The lift was behind the camera. Right. And at the point where Primmon comes in, yeah. I started to hear a noise. I was like, what is that noise? Oh, behind the lift. Okay. And then Cisco calls off camera. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Come with me. Mm-hmm. And he just walks into the frame. And personally, that was the only moment in the coverage where the noise confused me. Okay. Until until Cisco says, "Oh, there's somebody over there." I wish there had been. You one would have shot filmed one shot of, of him coming up in in the lift, have. correct? Yeah, okay. I think so because the yeah. noise was disconcerting. From, I didn't from know what it was. Cisco's perspective, though, from his yeah. right to left or left to right, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And I assure you that noise was probably tampered down or tamped down because uh, it was always noisy. The elevator was yeah. just incredibly noisy. Wow. Well, I, th I think they added the noise. I think the actor was probably just standing off camera and they added the noise in post oh. to sound like a, a ship uh, noise. Yeah. But yeah, it, very in smart. that moment, yeah. I just didn't know where the noise was coming right. from. It was confusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would have had a shot to to mm -hmm. to locate that noise so the audience knows what why there's a noise. That makes sense. Um, yeah, but he brings him in his office, and Primin is very critical of Odo in that scene. He's, <laughs> yes, he starts talking crap about Odo. Yeah, to to Cisco, and mm -hmm. Cisco gets really heated. He gets hot. He defends mm -hmm. Odo here, mm -hmm. and he tells he tells this uh, Roy Rogers guy that <laughs> Starfleet are guests on this Bajoran ship. Yeah. And maybe he could learn something from Odo. So work with Odo, work with a constable to learn about this Kobleot pilot mm -hmm. and the plan to hijack this deuterium. No, deuterium. Deridi no, deridium. that's Voyager. Deridium. <laughs> yes, deridium. Deridium. Who's going to hijack. So work with Odo. Yeah. Roy Rogers, you need to work with Odo. <laughs> figure this out so he goes to odo's office and primit enters and basically apologizes mm -hmm. right so and before this we have an exterior space shot of the station and um as he's about to show primin his security plans because odo's kind of odo actually is a little lighter here he's he's kind of i feel like he's a little you know offended that this guy's here in his space but then he's like i'm gonna work with this guy right so he's like okay i'll show you my plans but i've already done everything i've already done because yeah. primin's trying to suggest things and odo's like i've done that i've done that fine i'll show you my plans and as he brings it up on his computer it's it's it has malfunctioned and he he calls kira in ops and she Empty. also verifies no yeah, yeah nothing everything in, in active memory has been accessed and purged gone so this is a Big problem, huge, huge problem. And then it's funny because Kajata or Horchata just appears out of the blue. Just, it's just she just she walks, walks into his in. office. She's like, just Dude, that's exactly moment. what that's exactly what um uh, what he did v before. Ventica did in Rigel Seven, and it was like, where was she eavesdropping? Like, well, how did she? What, it was a little confusing there for me. Like, that's almost like the lift for you in the prior scene. Then this is how I felt about this one. It yeah, weird. it was a little convenient that she yeah. happened. To a little too to have that that yeah. last line or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was. But if tall they had a shot of shot, though. Oh my god! But if they had a shot of her like eavesdropping on the side, that would have been great too, right? Right before yeah. that, maybe I don't know. So, Armin, did you did you guys have a lot of like computer playback, or was it always burn in? Like, did you see things on screens? No, the was... actors did. Ne actors never saw things on screens. Okay. I'm sure in in Video Village they must have had video playback, mm -hmm. but but not computer play playback. Video like, playback, like when Odo's looking at his computer monitor his, and it comes his, oh, up. Oh, did we and it see says, things on the screen? Yeah, yeah. No, of yeah. course never. Yeah. No. Never did, right? No. Yeah, I. They were starting to bring some some video screens onto our bridge, and and occasionally, but it was very rare. Usually, it was just. We had to well, imagine it. And... In ops, you guys had video though, right? Like things running like in loops and stuff on the like readouts and stuff where people were Perhaps, operating. Garrett, yeah. I, I, again, I, I spent so little time on ops. I can't yeah, tell that's you what true. was happening. Yeah, ops. you were in Quarks the whole time pretty much, yeah, right? They never, did you, you ever know, take command of the ship? I'm I jumping did in the last now. episode. <laughs> hey, you just spoiled oh. it. <laughs> No, not coming. the last episode in season seven. Oh, the, the one prior episode. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Yes, you, he did. Yeah, you Remember, did. he came in. That's right. Yeah, he you were there. In. That's true. Yeah, you were kind of in charge. That's, that's true. right. Yes. Did that happen 
Did, did... No, no, they were, they didn't let me on ops. Oh, oh, after that, I would have left orange fingerprints all over the oh. ops. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah, so Kajada comes in, says the exact same thing he did on uh, Rigel Seven, and bum bum bum. We go to commercial. Yeah. Back in the old days, we went to commercial. Now we just have a pause. Yeah. Uh, we come back into ops and the team is there trying to figure out uh, if Vantica is alive somehow. This is the scene. This is the scene where it's Cisco, Kira, Odo, Bashir, Dax, Everybody's and Primmon in the background. And Primmon's like, Roy Rogers is standing up by himself. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I sure do. it was about saving time. I'm, I'm sure, sure it, was, it, it was about, you know, we don't have to do coverage for him if we can just get a two shot of the three of them together. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Kajada thinks he's alive in the scene and that he's somehow found a way to access their security files yeah. uh, on the Duridium shipment. So she thinks this is definitely Vantica that did this. Yeah. That's why all the memory. The Doesn't she is. talk about the tech that he uses here? Some type of shunt or whatever? Isn't yes, this the scene? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to skip ahead a little about comments I'm going to make at the end of this episode. Why is no one, no one believing her? Why? I don't is know. It? Yeah. They keep now, looking now, at every she, other angle. You know, right, it, yeah. If, if, if um, is it because is it because this is a particular pet peeve of mine? Yes. Um, is it because she's an alien? Mm. Is it mm. because she's not humanoid, or she is humanoid but not humanoid enough? Uh, is that why, or, or because they're so sure that Avantika is dead that that they just don't trust her, even though she's had twenty years of experience with this guy? It's such a valid so point. I think it's a very important point about this episode yeah. is that no one is listening to the expert mm -hmm. no i wonder in this scene though because i thought the same thing watching it and i thought it's interesting because here you've got kajada who's security you've got roy rogers who's also security security and odo security. is really yeah and this is the episode in kind of a b story way where odo's like trying to draw some boundaries and yeah <clears throat> and have some status and so he's got all these security people maybe it was a challenge to his you know his authority which is all he has is his yes. authority that's yeah. all, the only thing that he's proud of that he collects mm -hmm. is his authority mm -hmm. and so challenges to his authority run deep for odo yeah and and there was it she was security as well so that occurred to me in the middle of because i thought the same thing why aren't they believing her but maybe there's a bit of pushback of like, let's go down Odo's path because he's the he's the guy that we should be listening to, maybe. They should not have said that she spent the last 20 years hunting him because then you're thinking that they have to believe her. She's the expert on this. If they say, yeah, you know, if they, they omitted that information, then maybe it's believable that she's the the person that was assigned to this case a year ago. You know, then you're yeah, OK. Like and that. The, and the rabbit hole that I went down, or we may call it a Jeffrey's tube. Um, <laughs> Let's say the that. Rabbit, Let's... The yeah. rabbit hole that I went down was, oh, she's Vanica. That that yeah. that uh huh. That she's actually Vanica, and we're going to find that out at the end of the episode. That that she's the one they're all looking for. 
and and she's convinced them that the dead person, the dead alien, is Vanessa right. Whitman. In fact, that's right. what I thought at this moment in the in the episode. Yeah, and I'll, it does I'll, sort I'll... of lead towards that as the scenes progress. That this is the and the, the characters on in this episode feel that too. Oh, it might be her. We can't right. let her in. On we're going to lock her out of uh, all the uh, security protocols, right? Yeah, they lock so. her out later on. I, I will say mm-hmm. I, I was very proud of myself this episode. The Why? first scene when when our Juilliard trained actor had his one line and grabbed the neck. And then we yeah. go to credits. When we came back and Bashir was with Kajada and he's leaning over, they had these bruises on his neck. And I thought, they're not going to put the bruises unless it means something. And I the bruises on whose neck? The bruises on, on Bashir's neck. On Bashir's, oh, on neck. Bashir's neck. And I okay. immediately, I literally <laughs> paused it and said to Rebecca, that guy who died just went inside Bashir, and we're going to find that out later. Oh, uh, so you, you, so you caught it then. because of the makeup of like, the makeup. Okay, because they wouldn't have, they would have just had him grab his neck and forgotten about it if it didn't mean anything. But they right. had these bruises for a few scenes. I didn't catch and I was that. Like, I didn't catch I was that. Like, that's why they, they only either. do that for story that reasons. I didn't see yeah. that at all. Yeah. Wow. I did actually in my video reactions make the call. I, well, well, good for you. Early on, I'm like, I'm calling it now. I'm sending anyway. you a bar of latinum for that. Thank you. Thank you. I was very <laughs> proud of myself. Usually I don't I don't make those calls early on. I'm always wrong, but this one I was like, I think dead on. It. They talk about the DNA uh samples that they sent to Starfleet. Have mm-hmm. those come back? Cisco asks. Bashir says, no, not yet, but very soon. And then Odo wants a word with Cisco. Mm-hmm. Can I talk to you privately? And uh they head into his office. And Odo is pissed. He's mm-hmm. really, he wants to resign. He basically gives his re- resignation right there. This is my favorite scene in the, the entire it's, episode. I it's love It's a this great scene. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cisco's, Cisco really is soft with Odo in this scene. I yeah. Think. He, he, he gets it. He's very empathetic of why Odo is feeling the way he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And Cisco reassures him that he needs him. Odo says, I just need some clear jurisdictions here. Mm-hmm. And Cisco says, "Okay, in joint operations, you are in charge." Yeah, and Odo's happy with that. But I, I agree. And with I, I, love, I love the pause. Whether that's Avery, whether that's Paul Lynch, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's a combination of the two together, mm-hmm. I love the pause as we wait to find out who's in charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. operations of this sort. Beat, 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 beat. You're in charge. You're in charge. Yeah. Uh, whoever I love did that, that he may, yeah, yeah. Whoever did that, mm-hmm. lovely. And and you know, time what, is money on TV. So yeah. so they they knew that what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. That's probably why it's my favorite scene. That final line, that little pause. Now I know you've broken it down for me, Armin. Thank you. Okay. You're yeah. 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 It was a great. It was a great scene. Mm-hmm. We go to the lab, and uh, next, and Cisco's checking on Dax, who, uh, I th- I think we've discovered that Dax. I've discovered. That Dax has a a symbiont inside her, right? And mm. that symbiont has a brain. And while we're discussing this, let me just remind you, Robbie. Dax is the symbiont. Jadzia is the humanoid. Is, is the humanoid. So, and- yes, Dax has a brain. The symbiont has a brain. Jadzia has a brain. That explains why Dax seems to always come up with these super smart scientific answers. She's got two brains. That's, uh, that's what and, and 300 to. years of experience. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and that was always the difficulty for Terry. I'm sure she's already said this. The difficulty was how do you play someone who is 20 something years mm-hmm. old uh, 
and also someone who's 300 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That was the difficulty. And, uh, and the writers had sort of boxed the actress into, into a box. Yeah. And, and she was always struggling and did ma- magnificently well mm-hmm. uh, uh, to try to play both qualities at the same time. Yeah. 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 Cisco comes in to check on Dax. She says there's no anomalous life signs, but she does say the ship's cargo bay was broken into and she found this small computer chip mm-hmm. in Vantica's belongings. It looks like like a tiny, like something you put in a digital camera now. It looked like a little. Yeah, like a memory card. But yes. I will say, I think this scene was filmed very early in the filming order because of the way she pronounces the name of the uh, the villain, Vantica. She says Vantica here. And yeah. then it's funny because in an earlier scene in Ops, she says Vantica because everyone else says Vantica in there. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like this was with the very first scene filmed. Oh, yeah. They may, may have filmed this early. Yeah. And then you guys are good. We try to pay attention. Armin, did you have a pronunciation guide in your script sometimes? We would yes. have that. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. In the it early pages. They said it they... right, but we tried, yeah. Yeah. So is Human written into the script? No, or is that that's your my choice. That's you my did choice. it. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love you for that. I didn't know yes. you did that. And then everyone followed after you then, right? So uh, because Nog says, yeah. says Human to uh, when Jake first introduces himself. I'm Jake. Who are you? He's like, well, what do you want to know? Human. He says the same thing. So he copied from you then. Wow. Right. That's great. I love it. Yeah, it. they had that pronunciation guide and they'd print it in the script, but I would forget to look at it all the time. I would just make my assumption and, you know, and everybody, right. our our whole cast did. So we would have the same issue of like, wait, how do we say this? So, so again, uh, referring back to uh, me bringing everybody over to the house to rehearse, we would yes. all decide. We would look at the pronunciation guide and say, okay, this is how we say it. And this is, and nice. then. So you guys would be prepared. I love it. Unlike me, I'd show up on set saying, <laughs> having memorized it wrong because I didn't look at the thing. And Robbie, by the seat of his pants, McNeil, just gonna and go. You know with the what? Flow. Those are the best kind of actors. There oh. you go. See, you Robbie? said Cole. You said Cole Meany did that. He'd learn his lines the day. Both, both both Colum and Sid would would learn their lines at the last minute. At the wow. very last the, minute. The day of? And did brilliantly. The day of. In makeup and hair. They may have looked at the lines during makeup, but their makeup was so short, I don't think there was much time to do that. No, basically, um, what they did was between the between the reading of the scene for the director, uh, which is the first thing you do, and then during the 20 minutes, half hour it takes to set up the lights and the cameras and all that stuff, that's when they would memorize the lines. And I, wow. and I never... I never understood how they could do that. That's amazing. It would take me days. They days have photograph. They have this. photographic memories. They have to have yeah, photographic they, memories. They, they, they just, must have. And and I, specifically Sid, who had tons and tons of medical tech. Oh, I know. I'm I don't know. So impressed. I am so impressed with Sid. I did not yeah. know that he was doing it that way. Yeah, he, quite goodness. brilliant. And and then if he had spare time, he played video games in his trailer. <laughs> See, Gosh, this is, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that relaxed approach definitely worked in the charm his character had. That's yeah. sort of a, he right, was yeah. equally relaxed in his performance in a great way. So, and, and absolutely true of Cullum as well. Cullum, I always when I watch Cullum, I always think he's just absolutely heard what's yeah. just been said to him, and he's he's reacting in kind, and that's. Yeah. A, that's a trait we all strive for is to is to really hear it and and respond in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we go to Quark's next, and yeah. I didn't know what was happening. This is a 
there was like a crane shot or something going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, I, I'm I'm very proud of Paul for doing it that way. First of all, uh, I believe we start on a shot of two Ferengi, which are yes. not Quark or Ron. The reason I'm bringing this up is that one of the two Ferengi is a man named David Levinson. David Levinson was my stand-in from day one till the very last day. Wow. Um, he was enormously instrumental for me. Um, because David was always there when the camera angles and the, the and the movements were being worked out during the 20 minutes that we go yeah. off to memorize our lines. Yeah. And uh, I would always come on the set and say to David, what do I have to know about what the camera's going to do? And mm. he would tell me. The writers rewarded him and a couple others towards the end of the final season. They gave those characters names. Oh, I love it. And, oh, and in the case of David, they gave him lines as well. Oh, good. Oh, that's great. So that that's character great. years later will be called Broik. Broik, yeah. And the fact that he did all that homework for you when you came on, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It, very, very it, kind. So it was a homework. tag team. Yeah. He would, I'm sure you did it with your stand-ins as well. Uh, but David would would tell me exactly what they were going to do so it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, and I could concentrate on hitting my marks. And, and David was... Uh, oh, just a sweet, sweet man. And is right. a sweet man, um, and is an actor. He's not just a background person. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I have great honor, love, and respect for David. David I love that, Ro sweet. Robbie. Did you get that from your stand-in? I mean, I, 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 I would mean, every sometimes. now and then I would, but yeah. I would say that's like once in a blue moon I would get the four one one, the information on what I needed from my stand-in. And I had multiple stand-ins. It wasn't yeah, just one too. that lasted. The entire time, I probably had four in the in the seven. Yeah, years, I had so. maybe three, I think, during mm -hmm. the run of it. Yeah, yeah, I would get huh. sometimes. It was very inconsistent, but I've noticed over the years being a director and other things, and, and having been an actor, that the best stand-ins are like what you described. Yeah, right? they're the ones that I pay love, attention. Yeah. They pass on the important information to the actors when they come. First team comes uh, for rehearsal and filming. Yeah, it just saves everybody time, and it's the right person to tell you because if the camera operator tells you or the props guy starts coming and telling you, you've got too many directors. But a stand-in sharing that information from the perspective of an actor is the appropriate way to get that information. Right, and we were we were all bonded. All the Ferengi, mm -hmm. including David, were bonded because of the makeup that we had to wear. Yeah, he didn't have yeah. much to say. But he right. had to get into the same makeup as as wow. Max and I and Aaron mm -hmm. had to get into, so um, we were we were a very tight knit family. Wow! Yeah, it just sounds like you're very very fortunate to have David as your stand in. Very, so, very it sounds fortunate. like you did a great job. That's yeah. great, absolutely. Okay, so this shot, yeah, starts on the two Ferengis by the bar, looking up, and then the camera goes up, 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 up to the second floor. Yep. And I want to talk about that too. Actually, yes. yeah. Uh, one of the beauties of Quark's bar is that it has three levels. Mm -hmm. Now, most mm -hmm. directors always just use the bottom level where the bar was and the, and the dobbin tables were. Right. Blah, blah. But there were these two other levels right. that were purposely constructed to be used so that you would have these multiple levels to shoot from. Yeah. yeah. And, and God bless Paul Lynch for realizing, I don't have to just shoot from the floor level i mm. can shoot from somewhere else yeah. and so looking down on david and the other actor uh i thought was really very good and very creative mm. on on his part 
Yeah. Well, I thought you were creative to pop your head out of the thing when yeah. you popped your head through the, that was great. the railings. I, that was right. very creative and hard, and hard to do with those big ears. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have to navigate that. I do have a question about the levels. So the bottom level has the tables, the bar, the the, the level directly above the bottom level. Is that where the hollow suites are located yes, or the next? Yes, exactly. Okay. It, it is. And, that's where the hollow suites are located. Okay. Uh, and, and the third level, we never, ever got to the third level in the seven years, but there's wow. a third level. And uh, and we rarely, rarely got to the second level. Well, didn't wow. didn't you guys get to the third level here? Because that's where that's, that's where she where... falls from. She falls from that. Third yeah, level yes, in yes, this scene. you're absolutely right. Yeah. But she falls from there. So the only yeah. person who's ever yeah, been up don't... there is Julie. <laughs> is her. Say, and what yeah. the hell was she doing up there? Yeah, no, um, it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, Julie's the only person that I know of that ever went up to that third level. And uh, yeah, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Oh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware of that third level until this episode. Right. I, I, I didn't knew know that, that there was, there was a, a, third a second floor, yeah. but I didn't know there was a third floor yeah. until that, that POV yeah. shot. Uh, oh, I will try and get there. a background shot on one of one of our podcasts that has all three levels. Oh, okay. Wow, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, so I, it's very funny because we first find Quark on his hands and knees. But we don't know what's seemed, going on in this. We don't know what's scene. going like, on. He's I not praying. He's no. not praying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought this, praying. I thought this was like a dangerous situation. Yeah. I didn't know what the I, circumstances <laughs> were, and then you realize he's looking for change. He's looking he's for look- any lost valuables that people had left because right. now and this yes. makes his bottom line, you know, better. <laughs> and he's it. mad because yeah. he finds couple of you know loose change or whatever and he's yelling at the ferengis the minions down below the work ferengi there's no s oh ferengi yes ferengi down below the two of them yes he's he's really angry at them and tells them to leave get out of here yes and then all the profit will go to him so Uh and it's the beloved entrepreneur (laughs) goes to anyway anyway. (laughs) it all goes to quark Yeah. yeah There's also a mystery figure in this scene, isn't there? Isn't this where the- this is? A, yes, this is where after after the two um, underlings leave, that's when the hand comes around and grabs Quark and pulls yes. him back in the shadows. And this is the scene where I knew that it was Bashir because I froze the damn. I that, froze that it as yeah, there's, a, there's a moment where his face comes into view. I'm like, oh, it's Sid. And it, it, am I right to say that it was Sid there, Armin? That was that behind. I you? don't remember. I, oh. I imagine it was Sid. I okay. mean, it's a, it's a I thought back. I caught yeah. that too. I thought the I voice quality face. is also not no, uh, Harper's not James Harper's voice either. No, so I was no. like, wait a minute, this is somebody else. And yeah. then if you and then when I froze it on Sid's face, then I said, okay, and I re replayed it the voice quality was definitely sid putting an affectation to it yeah a yeah. sort of evil guy like yeah. uh you know like a horror slasher movie voice you know that he yeah. gave yeah i do remember whoever it was it probably was Sid. really did choke me what really uh and and i you asked for I, that you did not i didn't ask for it but i oh didn't my. complain about it either you did <laughs> I didn't complain about it because oh, I'm a method actor. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you used and, it, didn't you? And I you used, used it. it. I used oh, it. I love it. So you weren't angry afterwards. You were like, oh, no, it wasn't you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for choking. I was, wondering, <laughs> I was wondering about the choking because it looked real. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it looked real. And also because that foam is so thick that the actor doing the choking to you, it, it's not a normal kind of yeah. stage combat. Well, he doesn't you have don't get the foam. same. What are you feedback. talking about the foam? What are you talking about the foam? Well, you talking foam about the, the ears down. or the... 
It's just a pop. It, it top, was like though. this here on the neck. There was no foam. So. Right. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of just your neck. No foam. Yeah. But up yeah. here, you couldn't feel any of that, right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's like pulling my head. It was pulling my head back. Oh, I see. Um, and 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 I don't have much of neck to work with. So this part here was the choking part, and oh. and that did have uh, its problems. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. This mystery figure with the black gloves grabs him. He he asks about the deal that they had for Cork to help hire some mercenaries, some criminals, yeah, bad guys to help him with this. Do not deuterium. What's it called again? Now, now I forgot. Deridium. Deridium. Okay. Oh, uh, now, yeah, I'm never going to get this right anymore. <laughs> but he asks about the bad guys and, yeah. and Quark says, well, I thought you were dead. The rumor was the word that I got was that you were dead. Yes. And he says, not quite. And that's when he leaves and you see that quick you flash. sliver of his yeah, face. Yeah, it's Sid. Dang that's where it. I was happy because I called it and I was like, that's Sid. Do you think that was the best take? And they had other takes where his face didn't go in and they're like, dang it, we got to use this one. And they just maybe, yeah. maybe. Also, okay. nowadays you mm. can freeze your your you know streaming better yeah. than the computers could back then. Honestly, right. correct. That's what, that's the other thing I was going to say. Yeah, the streaming is so the technology is so that is so much do better. Freeze, is, yes, even right? the editors didn't have the capability that we have on our streaming of that services. freeze frame. Yeah, because yeah. Armin, I don't. I, uh, I think I talked about this on our show yeah. when we premiered. I, I was. Uh, shadowing directors immediately. I went in first season and started sitting with the editors and they used on Star Trek back then a system called the montage system. Mm -hmm. It was not the Avid. It was not nonlinear editing. What it was, was a giant uh, room with three quarter inch videotapes of all the dailies, <laughs> multiple copies. And they had a computer, but it was literally playing all of these banks of, of tapes and so you'd do the edit and then you'd hit, okay, playback and you'd wait and you could hear in the other room, zip, 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 all these machines lining up yeah. to play back the edit in an analog fashion with these machines in another room. It was crazy, right? It was I mean, crazy. So much equipment. <laughs> so slow. You know, you'd, you'd try some edits and then you'd go, okay, let's take a look at it. Hit it. And now you're waiting 30, 40, maybe a minute. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think my point is I don't think they even saw Sid in that shot. I because right. there's no way with wow, all the videotapes, crazy. They like didn't. We catch see it. it, but then they didn't see. Yeah, it back they then. didn't have high def back no, then. They no. didn't have any of that stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for enlightening us on that one. How did we get things done back then? Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> the first movie, the well, I I did a movie and we had Ann Coates uh, was our editor on the movie and. It was at Culver Studios or Laird Studios, they were known as back then. Hmm. And I went up to watch Ann Coates, who won an Academy Award. She won an Oscar for Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. And she was cutting this film. And I wanted to get to know her and watch her cut. But it was film. She had film hanging. Yeah, those and strips. they were up, hmm. up, up on the second floor. And I remember going in there with the the moviola or whatever it was called, the, the flatbed where they'd cut film it was how did they get it done i don't I know, know. <laughs> it was so slow. it's so labor intensive it's ridiculous it really yeah. is just like what yeah yeah we are in the infirmary bashir oh, is right. finishing treating this crewman who pulled a muscle or something mm -hmm. he's uh next time lift with your back straight and use the anti-gravity generator that would be nice to have i'd love to have that 
Can we can we develop heavy. that, Robbie? A Delta Please Flyer's do. anti-gravity generator that we sell in the store? That'd yeah, great. so we okay. don't have to lift heavy things. We'll have our own even groceries, image. even just carrying groceries. I'd like Please, a little yes. help there, please. Yes, but uh, yeah, he helps out that crewman, and then uh, Kajada arrives, and um, he says that he tried calling her last night, but she says that she has trouble sleeping, and she used this alpha wave inducer, which he warns her be careful with those alpha wave inducers. But this was a moment where I felt like we were trying to lean into Kajada didn't answer his call. She's the yes, suspect. Yes. Felt a little, little intentional there. Forced. Little, yeah. Yeah. Bashir does tell her that the results came back, the DNA results, and it definitely is Vantika. It's not a clone. It's not a copy. Vantika. You just said it the weird way. I said it the I said the, the it the tika, Terry Farrell. Yeah, the Tika Masala way, the uh, East Indian food way. Vantika. Terry Farrell got Deridium. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, he says this is this is uh, Vantica, and she is not convinced. She's still no Armin, as you said. Why aren't we listening to yeah, her? Yeah, we should listen to her. She's the smart yeah. one. And then Dax calls, and she needs some medical advice, so he heads off to the lab. I expected him to go down and flirt with her because that's all he does <laughs> when when they're in scene. When he's in a scene with Dax, he's super flirt. Um, but he gets there. Dax has this hypothesis that she basically says, you know, the body dies, but the consciousness might live on in, mm. and she explains it that we don't use, we only use 4% of our brains or something like that. There's this, all this other space in there. Mm -hmm. So maybe Vantica somehow put his consciousness in that unused part of someone's brain. Mm -hmm. This is her this is her theory. theory. And this Hypothesis. is a, this is an absolutely understandable theory from 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 Jadzia because yes. that's her life. Yeah. Jadzia and Dax share a single brain. Yeah, uh, they have thoughts, but they mingle together uh, in one brain. So yes, it's a perfectly natural thing for Jadzia slash Dax to say. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't make that connection, but you're right. It's it's an experience she's had, so it's not a big leap for her. I didn't. Uh, is that yeah. uh, well? I have to stop for a second. Do, they share the body, but they each doesn't the didn't we learn just recently in the uh, in a the recent episode, episode that yes that that they the have separate... symbiont has a brain itself too. There's a brain in the symbiont and a brain in, in but Jadzia. they share thoughts, but they share they share, they share the thoughts. Yes, there you go. So it would be like Vantica. There's a separate consciousness for mm -hmm. Vantica. There's whoever mm -hmm. the host is, but they're mm -hmm. sharing thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, us, they're constantly on a Zoom call. Yes. <laughs> sharing thoughts. Exactly. Dax and Bashir both think, well, if that's what happened, he's jumped in somebody's brain. It's got to be Kajada. Right. We go to the commander's office next. They're sharing this idea with Cisco, but Cisco can't understand why Kajada would would insist that Vantica's alive because that yeah. would call attention to herself. So why yeah. is she why is she insisting, you know, if if she was hiding him, she wouldn't be insisting this this idea so heavily. Mm -hmm. And Bashir says, well, maybe she's not even aware, which is so, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, all of these little things because I felt like I knew where it was going. I was like, oh, Bashir is he's literally saying the experience he's having. He's not aware that he's got mm -hmm. this this consciousness in him Bashir says it's like a stowaway on a ship and Odo suggests more personnel to to follow Kajada but uh Roy Rogers or Primen 
um, says that they can't spare anybody, that they're tapped out. They've got everybody dealing with this deridium shipment. Yes. So they decide just to set some kind of computer alert that if Kajada goes near there, um, that it will alert them. And Odo says, you know what? Also, leave her out of the security plan. Yeah, um, just block yeah. her out of all the systems. Block her out of our whole security. Yeah. yeah. And send her to me if if she asks why. Mm-hmm. And we hard cut to Odo's security office. Yeah. She's pissed. Yeah. And she says, I'm the only one I, who knows Vantica. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she could have been even more, you know, to, to help sell. Really? Yeah. I wanted her to be even high, even more stakes being. Yeah. Just because, because then you're, I want people to put doubt, put the doubt in their minds that it is her. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. thinking, oh, wait, maybe it isn't her. Like that's, that's what you want to kind of fool the audience, I think. So. I liked nice. when she says, what kind of fool are you? Mm-hmm. And Odo's response is, my own special variety. Yes, it was a great comeback. Yeah. It's a great comeback. It's it a is. great comeback. It and is. he he landed that, that you know, kind of joke that yeah. he landed it perfectly. It That's the line I feel like she should have been higher and more sticky. Like, what kind of fool? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was too yeah. casual. It was like, what kind of fool are you? It was too casual to me. I yeah. should have been higher. That's all. Well, she is cut out of this plan. Um, she, she shares her suspicions of Quark with Odo in this scene. Mm. And Odo says, I, you know, I'm keeping an eye on him. I always have my eye on him, which I thought was funny. That's a running it's thing. It's because guess. we're a bromance. That's why. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, <laughs> that's why he's got his eye on me. I just picture him pulling a glass eye out and just sticking it right on top of you like a Velcro onto your head. Exactly. <laughs> or he just I've got morphs. my eye on you, clock. He, he morphs into just an eyeball. And an eyeball, and he just yeah. lands on top of your ear. He, he sticks right into the socket of your ear right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, he actually was very protective of Quark in that mo- there's a moment where he's very protective. So, yeah. you know, don't mess with my friends. Yes. Uh, for which yeah. I was very appreciative. That was nice. Yeah. Finally. She says something like, well, what about that Ferengi quark? You know, yeah. very accusatory. Yeah. And he says, what about him? He's, yeah, he's defending you a bit there. But it's interesting because she is right. Like quark is, he's on the wrong side of this story. I, yeah, I, he's yeah. absolutely on the wrong side <laughs> of this story. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, uh, I don't understand why he isn't put away for a couple episodes in jail for yeah. what he's done on in yeah. this episode. It's true. This was wrong what he's done. He Agreed. these people need deridium in order to survive. And, yeah. and he is jeopardizing entire planet's welfare. It 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 is wrong. It is mm-hmm. totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They give him a, a little out later on in another scene, but mm-hmm. but it, it's not much of anything. It, he he should have been punished. And I, this was always the problem on Deep Space Nine. If Quark does anything like this, why isn't he being punished? Yeah. 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 I, I thought that by the end of this episode, I thought, boy, he he really got away with this. Like, mm-hmm. and they know it. They all knew his involvement. So yeah. how did that? How did he and not at this point, they don't need a community leader anymore. So it uh, <laughs> was a problem that they got around in future episodes where they just stopped having me do nefarious things. Nefarious, like this kind of thing. This is bad. You're right. It's bad. Well, we go to Quark's Cafe next, and that's he's meeting these criminals, these mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that he's used, he's worked with these guys before. They argue over money and details and their past history a bit. And that's when we cut up to Kajada in the third level. I think she, maybe she's in the, yeah, she's coming down from the third level in the scene. Yeah. Sneaking in to eavesdrop. 
and then she slips off there's camera. No well, way. She's there's pushed. no way they to said get she... to that third level unless you start on the first Exactly. Floor. You can't get, there's no <laughs> door up, get up, to up the there, third. right? A exactly. separate door. There's no doors level. up there. Right. So how she snuck by all of us, who knows? You know? yeah. Yes. But it's science she... fiction, as someone once said to me, Armin, it's science fiction. Science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it referred to later? In there. Maybe she beamed oh, in. Oh, no, no, you're right. Sight to sight transport. That's possible. But, yeah. did, right. but is it also referred to later that she was pushed, correct? That's what she said. Yeah, that she was, it was inferred yeah, she had that. she pushed. Yeah, she Because had the railing push. was perfectly solid the last time I looked at it. Right. So <laughs> right. it was Sid that, uh, it was sorry, it was Bashir slash yes. Vantico that pushed her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. But right. we don't see it. No, we the, see nothing. They don't we see it. We hear it. Right. So they think she slipped or something. Right. Yeah. So we, we hear her and then we cut to what they see and she's yeah. hanging onto the railing there, yeah. hanging on for a minute, a uh, beat, and then she falls. And we don't know if she's alive or dead, you know, in this. Another crane shot, by the way, I noticed if Paul Lynch uh, ordered, used the budget for crane this day, mm-hmm. he used it in corks a few times, quite a few times. <laughs> so it was a nice... That's how it used to work. They'd say yeah. you get one day, you can have the crane. The crane that's how right. much we got in the budget. Yeah. Pick your day. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot everything that day, and that's it. Moving on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm very appreciative of, of those crane shots because it, it it gave more depth to the bar. Oh, huge. It, 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 yeah. it, it just made yeah. it um, a much more interesting place to look at. Uh, agreed. Yeah. 100%. Uh, we go to the infirmary. Bashir's treating Kajada. Horchata. 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 Mm-hmm. He 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 says in Deridium. the scene. Deridium. <laughs> he says we got we have to keep her unconscious until she heals. And this mm-hmm. is a scene where I didn't know if that's Bashir talking or if it's Vantica. Like <laughs> yeah, let's I just think it was keep her unconscious. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both, maybe. Possibly. Um yeah, Cisco and Odo uh question Quark mm-hmm. in this scene, and he he says he knows nothing about how she fell and he resents the inference that he was doing anything wrong. He gets right. very indignant. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts about that? No, only that better there for, from my acting, from my point of view, okay. was that I didn't, I didn't overdo. Yeah. Uh, it's it, just enough to, to know that he's lying. And we know that he wasn't yeah. alone. We, we know that hmm. seeing is believing. And, right. um, but at the same time, it was just, I walked that thin line, I think just about right. Yeah. I thought this, as opposed if, to the previous scene. If right. I were, if I were, uh, Bashir or Cisco in the scene and and heard you say what you said the way you said it, I would think you're telling the truth. I mean, I I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't suspect immediately that that's a lie. Yeah. I'm happy to hear Armin explain to us that that this is a direction that the writers kind of veered away from Cork in terms of they didn't keep him doing so many nefarious, really uh, bad. Things. Yeah. And it's like, thank God. Cause it was very, for me, uncomfortable to watch those scenes with, because, because, because I know Armin, right. That's part of it too. But I, I don't, I didn't want Cork to become that person. And now that I know that he's going and this, to be. And the side effect, thank you for that, Garrett. Yes. But the side effect is then it makes Cisco look and Odo yeah. to some extent, Kira, uh, idiots that yeah. that oh, that yes. they that they can't catch him or right. that they do know and, that, and they're looking the other way. True. It, it makes them less than noble. Yeah. And, and I I think that was a problem. They've never said it. The writers have never said that yeah. to me. Yeah. But I think they must have realized that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just make them. You know. Don't think of them as the Keystone Cops. We're going to make sure that they are a little bit more. Uh, you know. Uh, able and and not silly. Right. So that's good. I love that. Well, it's interesting, Armin, like 
you know, you're talking about the first season adjustments and, you know, um, having Quark doing these, you know, things he should get in trouble for and not getting in mm-hmm. trouble and then changing course. They did that with my character. Yes, they did. Tom Paris. He yeah. was he was not a very heroic guy early on. They mm-hmm. they they thought, oh, we'll just make him this womanizer and that'll be his his you know sandbox to play in. Mm-hmm. It was not appealing and it was mm-hmm. not it was not heroic. He didn't feel yeah, I don't know why Jane would keep him on the team if he's if he's untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. So they realized that too and started to rewrite that character. So yeah, it's a nice spice to have, but but you can't go down that road continually because yeah. it makes everybody, as I said, look bad. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. We go to the stasis room next. This is basically where Dax, with her two brains, she saves the day. She finds a microscopic generator under Vantica's fingernails. fingernails. Yeah, kind of scraping CSI style. Yeah, uh, she she says that this generator was something he kept in under his nails as an, a kind of an emergency. Uh, way out mm-hmm. and it would send encoded message messages along the glial cells uh i is guess this that's completely, a real this is completely made up or is this real no, no, no i think no. this glial is real cells are, are actually okay are actually. that's a real deal all right the glial cells of someone's nervous system and he could transfer it with this little generator thing keeping it ready to go and transfer it to them with a touch i guess which he did with Bashir. He grabbed his neck, mm-hmm. transferred into the glial cells, and then it'll get to his brain. And that's how he would move his consciousness into that parking space. Mm-hmm. They know they can confirm all of this with a glial scan. So yeah, Cisco says, as soon as Bashir stabilizes her, let's do that glial scan. So Dax, Dax saves the day. I will say when she pulls up the microscopic thing, that little generator that she scraped under the fingernail, it literally looks like a generator. <laughs> it didn't look sci-fi at all. It looked like an old diesel like generator. Like an old school generator outside, yeah. outside of your like house? A little mini generator <laughs> under the fingernails. Did you laugh, Robbie? Did you I laugh? Did. Right I did. Like, I know you did. They don't want the audience to be confused. That's a generator. That's a generator. We're going to... Okay, yeah. good. Good. Dan Curry found one in his house and just brought it. Dan Curry, exactly. yes. Dan Curry's home generator. That's what it was. Yes. You're right. We go to the corridor next where Kira's giving explicit orders on this preparations for this uh, Deridium shipment arrival. Odo shows up, asks, where, where's Prim? I thought he was with you. And yeah. uh, she goes, no, I haven't seen him at all. So now Odo's pissed because... Roy Rogers isn't where he said he was going to be. I also love the two extras that were in that scene. Like they get, she's saying all this stuff to them and they can't say a word. They're just like, just nodding away, you know, and the other guy pops his head in. They're also doing maybe the, the best close talking I've ever seen on Star (laughs) Trek. She's up in one guy's face and the other guy pops his head into the frame. All three of them. It's (laughs) it's like a three-way close talk. You're right. Duper duper close talk. Mm, Too close. We go to another corridor. Quark is leading these criminals to the runabout to meet Vantica. And that's where the cop out comes. Oh, you know, I'm not going with you. I'm not part of you. I'm yes. just a middleman. <laughs> yeah. That's the cop out. That's right. The... Right. Yeah. I'll get you right up here to the, you know, to the to the door. But you guys go do this. Yeah. And by the way, one of your henchmen, one of your mercenaries, as he was walking behind you, he either looked like 
Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Penzance. He literally had like <laughs> with a headband and yeah, everything. Yeah, the headband and the blousey kind of shirt. And I was like, that's a he's a pirate. Why is he a pirate? Why is there a pirate there? Yeah. It was either a pirate or it was what's his name? Van Sant. Huh? It was it was the rocker guy that I can't think of his name. Was he in Springsteen's band? It was it was he looked like either a rocker or Pirates of the Caribbean. I can't David Lee him. Roth? No. No, there's another uh, one. You're talking about a rocker that wore a headband? Yeah, that wore like a scarf over his head and kind of blousey shirts. My grandmother did that. She was Russian. She wore a scarf over his yeah. The lead singer of Poison, I think, is what you're trying to say. It could um, be that guy. It could be any rocker from the yeah, 80s. With a blousey kind of poofy the thing. blousey yes. shirt yes. and the, and the yes. scarf over the head. <laughs> Which reminds me Your of that mercenary shirt from looked, Seinfeld, too. Yeah, oh he looked God. very yeah. fashionable, yes. I guess I will say. Armin, very fashionable. Okay. But the door opens. He's going to let them in to go do the thing. Mm-hmm. And we see a reaction on Cork's face. He doesn't expect. He's looking for Vantica. And instead, mm-hmm. it's it's Bashir. Bashir is there. No, it's not Bashir. It's Bashantica. Is it Bashantica. Yes. Thank you. It's Bashantica. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Yes. Bashantica. He says he's been expecting them in a very creepy voice. So creepy. So creepy. Enunciated. Oh my yeah, God. Did, uh, voice teacher would have been very proud. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> yes. It was everything was, and he just, he paused between every word. And it was, what was like the, the guy who died in the first scene, the Julia yeah. guy who took Make. all the time between the words. Make. He yes. was doing the same thing. So Sid just impersonated him. That was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Sid. We go to the infirmary next. So shocking. Bashir is there. Cork is shocked. We go to the infirmary. Dax comes in looking for Bashir. He's not around. No. Nope. She asks the computer to locate him. It says, uh, the computer says he should be right there in the infirmary. And she looks around, sees his yeah. comm badge. Wah, you know what? Wah, wah. This yeah. is already the first few episodes. There's more comm badge leaving in DS9 than Voyager ever had. People just tossing yeah. their comm badges away. Just like nobody They've does used that this bit a couple, like two yeah. or three times already yeah. Yeah, this season. Uh-huh. Yeah, the writers were, this was their bit. This is their the, thing. This yeah. is the theme. Let's yeah. just leave a comm badge to, so we can, yeah. I guess because you're on a space station, it's not like when stories are written on a starship and the alien ship and they could be multiple places. This is just one big that's right. Uh, you know, That's right. station where you can't get away. So yeah, the yeah. easiest way is leave your comm badge. That's one Maybe. way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. It's like leaving your, your Apple phone somewhere so that the cops can't trace you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Find my phone. Turn off, find my find phone. Find my iPhone. There find my comm badge. Find my comm badge. That's the app they all use there. That's the, on the app. Station. Starfleet app. Okay. Yes. I'm surprised Quark didn't have a collection of comm badges. You can impersonate anybody. That's that true. Now, Armin, I'm just imaging. I'm just imagining, like you know how a lock picker will have that little that little t- um, a leather case they open up and they have the different um, t- tools they use oh, to yeah, pick a lock. Tools, you the- open it up and the, and it just you could just display all the different comm badges that are inside this little thing that you could use. I've got a so, medical comm yeah. badge. Yeah, I've got, got a them all. Command comm badge. <laughs> yeah. I got a security comm badge. Yeah. I got all of them. There you go. Yeah, that's the scene that's missing, by the way. That is the scene. (laughs) See, we're already coming up with it right now. We're being very efficient in our podcasting. Okay. Uh, Odo finds Roy Rogers, a.k.a. Prim. Odo's (laughs) mad. Prim explains that he used Odo's logic. He used Odo's very own way of thinking. No, Vantica's logic, right? 
Oh, oh, Odo's no, logic. Yes, 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 yes. Odo, excuse me. It's like I, I used your thinking, your your logic. Yeah. I, I found a non-essential system that mm-hmm. that they, they might use to get into the main security. He found the water or the waste reclamation system had a crossover shunt mm-hmm. that could have shut down their whole system for an hour. So right. somebody had put this shunt there, which is what they used before. Mm-hmm. She talked about that. But um, yeah, this shunt in the waste reclamation system could have shut down the whole system again for at least an hour. And that would yeah. have been long enough for them to grab the freighter and escape. So, and yeah. not only that, but no one could have used the toilets for everybody. For exactly, <laughs> that would have yeah. been a disaster. Yeah, disaster. Did your show ever talk about waste reclamation? No, not really. No. And I'm sure TNG never we, did either. We, we didn't even have we a toilet. We got into the basics on our show. Good we for got you. into waste reclamation. I love it. I love that. <laughs> I've always had a theory that the the replicators, you know, when they create organic consumables that they've had to have some material to create that new organic thing in the replicator, your tomato soup or whatever it is, it comes out of recycled poop, basically. Robbie says- I think so. This is my theory. Okay. So So when you- when you're eating something and you say this stuff tastes like shit, you know exactly <laughs> that it does. <laughs> exactly. Taste like shit. Thank you. Yes. I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't like the, when Robbie has this and theory. Quark, it bothers me. If you me. go to Quarks, you go to Quarks, you order a burger or something, and you I complain don't... about it. Quark can be like, "I didn't make that shit." You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not my fault. That's that. That's Cisco shit. That's not my shit. That's not my exactly. shit. That's not okay. my shit. Yeah, but Odo and Prim basically prevent the whole system for sh- from shutting down for an hour yeah so we cut out to uh to space we see the wormhole kind of open up and this big freighter ship comes through the wormhole so there's the deridium arriving bravo uh, bravo thank you i'll try I, now, I pause before i say it every time what is that is that a starfleet vessel because inside they had starfleet sort of l cars displays yeah but it did look that like didn't, starfleet. but that didn't look like a starfleet vessel that looked like a star wars vessel coming through there the way it was you know designed because you don't see anything like that you know what i'm saying it's In, a freighter it's a freighter but again it looked like a star wars freighter and not a Listen, star trek freighter it i was me. tom paris the pilot who piloted freighters for a long time till I went to the Maquis and then oh, I got to jail and then Janeway yes. got me. So I know freighters. You know freighters. Yeah, right. that's in fact that's I fine. flew that that model of that, freighter. That configuration? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know so that. Is, that, I did. is that Jonathan Freighters? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Freighters. <laughs> Our good friend Jonathan Freighters. And Quarks, I always order the burger with freighter tots <laughs> on the side. <laughs> Stop it, please. Can we can, let's get back on topic. Thank okay, you. So, so as, the, as the years go by, I, w- I will do more and more puns. I promise. Good. <laughs> Good. I, that's what we want. We want you to be the pun master. We want people to know you as the pun master. All right. All right. The ship. So the, the freighter tots comes through the wormhole <laughs> and we cut to ops. The team's preparing for this freighter to dock. Odo gives them the good news that Primen has stopped uh, the computer shutdown. So he found this shunt. And then suddenly Kira sees that this runabout is leaving DS9 to head to the freighter. Yes. Everybody's confused. The Rio Grande is heading out to the freighter. Why? We don't know. Nobody knows. Dax arrives. She says Bashir's missing. Cisco says, computer, who authorized this uh, runabout? And the computer says Bashir. Mm -hmm. So, bump, bump, 
Bum, bum, bum. We go to the bridge of the freighter. Yes. And, and lo and behold, who's sitting at the bridge? Danger. Danger. Our, <laughs> our stunt this... coordinator with a wig on because with he had long on. hair. He had a wig yeah. on. It a nice close-up shot. We never see his face like that. No, right? It was no, like never what? like that. We knew it was him. Like, it was... I was so surprised when I saw that shot. Was, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's yeah, danger. There he is. Danger. Yeah. Dennis Danger Madalone. Yes. Our I good friend. Was, we uh, love, yes. Tell we everybody who danger danger. Yeah. was the head of the stunt coordinators that's right uh, on our show and, and perhaps yours as well yeah. but um but uh danger was part of the family yeah Den dennis madelon would run between our you know the ds9 set to make sure the stunts were going well there and then he would ru run across the street yeah. to us uh, when we started man. filming yep he was a busy busy guy when voyager started uh season three of ds9 right so at, at one uh, point it was concurrent both of us were yep. running so he had a, a yeah. lot of work yeah. to do for sure and a great guy really good guy great guy watching dennis at the pilot's chair of this freighter yes and what did as you think I, as i've said i i did pilot this style yeah. freighter myself yeah. he did but i but i watched dennis he had this look like either he was confused yes or uh, mad at the panel i couldn't I, tell i he, he was like <laughs> I he was acting think... a lot I thought his button pushing needed a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance. He was maybe. angry at the buttons. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Danger, less is more. Less yeah. is more. <laughs> it was a lot of acting. Come on, Dennis. Yeah, all right. And yeah. as soon as I saw him there, I'm like, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a I fight. There's going to be a fight. Yeah, there has to be a fight. Or a stunt. There has to be a stunt. Someone's going to get blown back into a bulkhead. We already knew that yeah. the minute we saw yeah. him. Yep. Yeah. And that's well, what the happened. Well, the mercenaries <laughs> appear. They beam yeah. in. The, the criminals that Quark is working with, they beam in. And they shoot all three of the crew. Do you think they stunned them or do you think they killed them? They killed them. And when it's safe, Bashir calls over. Is it safe? And yes, uh, he beams over. Bashir beams over Vantica Bashir. Or mm -hmm. what did you call him? I said Bashantica. Bashantica. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bash you. Bashantica <laughs> beams yes. over. Evil Sid. And uh, he takes the captain's seat. And just yeah. as they're preparing to leave, DS9 yeah. locks onto them with a tractor beam. And this and, is where he realizes his plan went awry. Yes. The station didn't shut down. Why? How? How? Oh, no. He orders impulse, though. And uh, mm -hmm. and his minion, Derg, I think is the name. Yeah, Derg. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, it's not going to work. We're not going to go anywhere. He does engage impulse. And he, he's kind of stuck there. Yeah. Vantica ends up talking to Cisco. And they play a game of chicken there. And mm -hmm. Vantica basically says... I'm going to take this ship to warp. Which Cisco will tear says, everything up, right? Yeah. Cisco yeah. says you're going to destroy the entire freighter and everyone will die. But um, what did you call him again? Bashantica. Bashantica. <laughs> Bashir, but then you go Bashantica. Before you go okay. to the ear, go to Bashantica. Bashantica says. No ear, like Armin, right. big ear and quark, right? Bashantica. Bashantica. There you go. Bashantica says you've got one minute. And he goes to sit back down. So he's not playing around. Yeah. Is, is this where Dirk freaks out? And Dirk's like, hey, hey, hey I didn't sign up. I didn't sign yes, up for this man. Dirk that is freaking scene, right? Yeah. I like Dirk. I, Dirk I was, was expecting a, a rebellion right then. but Yes, that Dirk would lead the lead the rebellion. Yeah. But Well, it's going to come. It's going to come because, right. you know, Cisco and Cisco tries to figure out a way to, uh, you know, uh, another way to try to find a solution. Mm -hmm. They can't beam over. They can't let the deridium leak into, you know, the space. The space. space, space, yes. And Dax, again, Dax the two-brained 
symbiont lady, Dax says she may have a way to disrupt his control over Bashir. They can bring Bashir back into the dominant personality. Mm -hmm. She says that she has an exact model of Vantica's neural energy patterns. Mm -hmm. So if she could get an electromagnetic impulse to disrupt the patterns, then Bashir may emerge. Right. But they've got to figure out a way to get it there. Cisco says, we'll run it along this tractor beam. Very sci-fi solution. Very. If they could send it along the tractor beam, then it could kind of resonate inside the ship. And this EM field could transfer mm -hmm. what Dax is trying to send over. Mm -hmm. So Cisco says, okay, I'm going to stall a little longer. So yeah, put them on the view screen. Yeah, put them on the view screen. Couldn't they have just shown a commercial? I mean, they could have. <laughs> they could have. But it's, <laughs> they could have. This is act four. There are five or whatever. Right. It's the part of the show where, you know, it's, it's coming quickly. Yeah. Come it's on, folks. Fast. We're getting towards the end. Yeah. yeah there's always a, a clock. There's always a clock. We've only got 18 minutes till the ship explodes. <sighs> um, yeah. Cisco's trying to delay him, but Vantica gets suspicious. He doesn't buy it. And so he says to Dirk, ready the warp engines? Yeah. Dirk is going like, to warp. You're crazy. I don't want to do this. He stands up. Mm hmm. He refuses and he gets shot yes. by Bashantika. Bashantika just kills him mm -hmm. right there. Right there. That I knew was a death ray. I knew that that phaser was on. That was kill. Yeah. That one. Yeah. And this is Quark's fault, by the way. I just want to blame this. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> blame all of this. Absolutely. You know, I'm 100 percent behind you, that. Yeah. You really, yeah. You end up getting your your buddy Lock him killed. Up. Yeah. Lock him Lock, up. Lock him, him up. up. <laughs> People died over this event. So okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. This isn't about finding coins on the floor. Yeah. This is about <laughs> death. Right. Life and death. This is like, yeah, this is a big deal. <laughs> Cisco stalls a little more. He says, okay, we're going to release you. Uh, but he's still faking it. And Dax is finally ready. And yeah. Cisco says, do it. We cut to space. We see this tractor beam, but it's got like it's got pulses. Yeah. There's other stuff in this beam. Yeah. yeah and this is, this is cool. uh, Dax's uh, invention or, or suggestion. Yes. What we're doing here. Yes. She's a smarty. She is. She, she is. is. She is. She's but a smarty. I, I love, I love Sid's reaction to these beams hitting him. He's just like, ah! He, yes. he really, he really, he, he, he went a hundred percent into that. He, he did complete, complete, you know, I'm going to dive into the deep end of the pool. Yes. So I loved it. Maybe he took a mask class. He took from a Renee. <laughs> he, he was maybe. doing sort of mask. He was doing mask body. work. There you yes. go. Or maybe he'd been watching interactive games and he learned how to do it from what? <laughs> yes. yes, really it was the video the gaming in his trailer helped him create Bashantica reacting exactly. to that pulse exactly. going through his head. Okay. Yeah. But he does, uh, after a lot of big, dramatic, painful acting. Bashir uh, comes out. Bashir right? comes yeah. out and he doesn't know uh, where he's at. And he um, he has to press the, the yeah, shield. You know, yeah, Cisco lower the, shields, lower the shields. That's the whole thing. Lower yeah. the shields. Just press the shields, press the shields. He yeah. presses the button. They energize him out. And I loved how when he beamed into he Ops. was like, yeah, he, he was, was like, in that same in position. That same position, yeah. Because they we don't. Did, we all, didn't do that. We don't always do Voyager, that in yeah. Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You're in this position, and then suddenly you're beamed in, and you're just standing straight, straight up. So that was good. It's realistic. Yeah. The only thing I thought when he did beam in is, remember when he was turning back into Bashir? He put yeah. his hands in his hair, and his hair yeah. was kind of wild. Oh, you wanted his hair to be wild when he came in? Yes. Yeah. When he came in, it was okay. It was, so the continuity wasn't there. I I hear you. Not, not quite. Not as yeah, but Cisco's got to stun him because Vantica's still in there. So that's Cisco right. stuns him. 
Well, there's that moment where he isn't in there because he's like he's like ah! and then Cisco sees that that uh, Bashantica is coming back out, and then yes. that's when he stuns him. Yeah, stuns him, falls down. We go to the stasis room. Dax has figured out a program to use the transporter to isolate these glial cells, the Vantica's mm-hmm. glial cells. Mm-hmm. She can tr- beam basically beam these cells out of Bashir and into this little petri dish kind of thing, mm-hmm. and she beams it out and. She she hits the button. We see the beaming happening. And then they cut to a close-up of this Petri dish thing. And do you remember those candies that came on a piece of paper that were like little dots? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a couple of those candies in that little Petri dish. That's Vantica. That was oh, all God. that was left of Vantica was like two little candies stuck in the in the Petri dish. That's what I got from that scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but they're separated. Forgive me. I'm old enough to remember some episode of, of not episode but a movie of superman where where the villains got put into sort of a petri dish as well i thought oh that's pretty much the same thing, same thing. oh yeah, yeah the it was yes i know what you're talking about that was that's the original right, that's right the first yeah. superman yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well bashir is back he w- wakes up he says i have the worst headache go to the infirmary um kajada feels really bad um bashir apology apologizes for not believing her Mm. kajada feels bad that you know he went through all this and cisco asks what she plans to do with the prisoner or the petri dish with two little candies and uh, she says uh do i have possession of the prisoner now and he says yes she pulls her weapon blows it up fires at it destroys vaporizes the whole thing and then she's done the vampire is uh, vanquished. We have beaten him. Interesting. With the help of Roy Rogers. And you could say the light from the phaser was the light of daylight on Vantica. Oh. Bashantica. Well, not Bashantica. I do Vantica. think there was a vampire metaphor in this story. Because Vantica begins with V and vampire begins with V. I just, there's a lot of vampire. Vampiritica. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm stretching a little. No, but I, I did, think you're I did, onto something. Maybe you are. You are, Robbie Dobby. Come on now. All right. Okay. There you go. That's the episode. My theme, my lesson. Yes. What is your moral, lesson? Yes. My lesson out of this was our minds have way more potential than we realize. And that potential can be used for good or bad okay so the mind the our our mind our brain bashir's brain had room in there for evil just be aware of that that's my lesson i didn't like my lesson beforehand but now i changed it because in the midst of our recording this i have a new yeah. lesson and it's really about what armin and i think armin was talking about it earlier he brought it up how no one listened Mm-hmm. to horchata nobody listened to her at all listen to, to the experts no but yeah exactly that's it that's the lesson listen to the just experts. listen to the experts the, one, the people that are that have phds in whatever it may be listen to them yeah. they are experts for a reason armin what is your lesson or moral from this well garrett spoke everything that i wanted to say absolutely and the only thing Great. that i would add to that mm. is in, in addition to listening sometimes we have to forego our egos Mm. We have to get over what that we think we're the center of the universe yes. and that we know everything. Yeah. We should listen, as you said, Garrett, to other people. I love it. And that's certainly what was happening 
to Odo, to everyone, yeah. That, yeah. That, that they were so caught up in their own egos that they couldn't hear what other people were saying. Yeah. Agreed. The next episode is Move Along Home, it looks like. A beloved Which, episode. Oh, and so it also, beloved episode. Also, it sounds a little Roy Rogers-ish. Move along home, little doggy. Move along I love home. It. I love having a cowboy in space. There you it's go. Great. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for The Passenger. And uh, if you're our Patreon patrons, make sure you stick around for amazing bonus material. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, check us out at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. There's lots of cool stuff, uh, extras that you can uh, be a part of. For everybody listening, we will see you next week for the beloved episode, Move Along Home. Move along home, little doggy. Move along home. Move along home. Move along home, little doggy. Move along home.